Kia ora CV. Last week we heard from Amanda and Matt in regards to care through the lens of a spiritual director and counsellor. This week we wanted to continue the conversation by addressing care through the lens of a pastor. So over Zoom I got together with the rest of our pastoral team, Ella, Gabs, Dan and Rob. Unfortunately Vivek from CV Newland couldn't make it. And we kicked around a few questions. We started off by asking, in your role as a pastor of CV, what does care look like to you? It's a really great question. And I think it's actually a question that this is a great opportunity to be able to talk about this tonight. Cause I don't think it's the kind of thing we probably just sort of stand up and talk about this very often. So it's quite nice to be able to have the opportunity to bring some perspective to this in this conversation. So um, thanks, Leish, for giving us the space to do so. Um, when I think of pastor, I think there's probably two important things to to mention as we start kicking this round. And that is that um, maybe I'll, I'll use like an analogy that we're seeing all the time at the moment in health. So at the moment, we're seeing like a public presentation of health every day with the like COVID-19 reports where like Ashley Bloomfield gets up and does this thing each day. There's like public messaging, there's public stuff on the um, billboards and on the ads. So there's this very public profile of health. And then there's this like face-to-face part of health where you go see your doctor or you ring the helpline to find out about, um, you know, whether your cough is COVID or something like that. Um, So there's kind of this public and this face-to-face. And I think there's, there's that there's that element as as a pastor too. I think we have um, a public element of kind of the big um, thing we put on um, that provides for everybody in one go, and we care for people by um, the things we hold in regards to when we gather as a church. So when we teach the scriptures, when we engage in worship, when we come to the communion table, when we um, practice sacraments, like when we do baptism or marriages and things like that, these are our ways of caring for people publicly. And then there's these face-to-face private um, things that happen in our homes, um, in the office, um, over coffee. Um, So yeah, I I guess just to frame our conversation a bit, I think there's probably two levels of care. There's this thing of the big um, catering to the masses caring for them um, in one go and then there's face-to-face with people um, doing time with them and maybe Gab you could chip in here about like what that's like for us in regards to how we've done that with people here in our home. Yeah I think we've always had um, a real priority on hospitality in our home so um, welcoming whoever um, we've been able to invite people that have shown up new people people we've never met before um, into our home to be able to spend time with them one-on-one and get to hear their story. And that's often um, led to times of prayer with people. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's been um, conversations that have taken all sorts of turns with people. Um, and we've also had people that have been quite vulnerable in that space. And it's been our privilege to be able to look after people in those times. Um, so that, that's been quite a core value for us. And then the other way um, we often do that is meeting people, um, out and about. So meeting people for coffee, meeting people where they are. So even in their homes or 
on a lunch break at work or whatever's helpful for people. Um, so I guess probably there's some core spaces where we do meet people in that one-on-one space and it's more around um, being able to meet people's needs and being able to pray and have conversations and and even sometimes being able to help people um, refer them on to other people that might be helpful mm. as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think like the other thing for us that's been really important is as we think about care as pastors is like to own up to what we're not. So like last week hearing from Matt and Amanda, like we're actually not counselors and we're not spiritual directors. So it was really great to hear their perspectives, but also it's great to go, Hey, and we're not that like, I'm not a trained counselor and I'm not trying to confuse my vocation of pastorally forming people into the way of Jesus as I'm also trying to counsel you. Like, and I think, you know, if we get those mixed up, I think there's some great pastors who can counsel people. Don't get me wrong. But I think if we're expecting all of our pastors to be counselors, we we might get a little bit disappointed there. That's probably um, something I want to add to the conversation there too. Like we try and nurture people in this thing of forming them into the way of Christ. Not necessarily we're here to solve every problem um, because we can't, like we just, we just actually can't do that. So yeah, that'd be me. Um, Ella, what about you? Like, what are you kind of thinking in that question? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking that, um, I still feel so new to this and totally have my training wheels on, but the the areas that have come the most natural to me so far have probably been in that hospitality space as well and caring for people there, which has been in our home around our dining table and um, inviting people over and using that as a space to get to know them um, a bit more. And like you guys mentioned, the just how relationships can grow out of that and those and how vulnerable moments can come out of that has been um, special to see. And then we translate that hospitality into the 4pm gathering as well. And, and one of the really important parts of that gathering is the dinner that we share together um, as part of that gathering. And, and that is just so centered around like hospitality of God and, so that's that's been another special space where we get to know people that we didn't prior and and we're seeing relationships formed. And oh, I'd also just say, like, thank goodness we don't have to be a counselor and a spiritual director and um to take some of those expectations off our shoulders because I just feel like a pilgrim walking alongside others as well. And so um sometimes those conversations is just me listening to somebody and sometimes being a bit of a like a triage. Uh nurse I don't know if that's the right term but um but thinking about yeah what can I encourage them towards when I don't have the expertise whether it's a counsellor or um yeah something of formation that might be helpful for them and then yeah if people need some expert pastoral care I usually send them towards Alicia (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) go to leash (laughs) yeah it's great right no, you, you, you serve to you. <laughs> <laughs> so care for me. Um, it's not a it's not a cookie cutter type of area that I see people like this is care at Central Vineyard for me because every individual is so complex. They're so different. They're so beautiful. So the way in which we do care for people is so different. And then so I guess my priorities is working out how to guide people towards God looking at them through their well-being. How, how can we practically support someone that's going through a different phase? How do we guide them through growth if that's what they're after? 
and how do we disciple them really well? Those are kind of the three areas that I kind of ask myself as to what people are wanting in that space. But when I think of a pastor um, and when I think of someone that's in this area, I kind of think of people that are asking people individually as, as well as a wider group as to where have they been, where are you now, and where are you going? And those three questions is really important. If you don't answer all those really well, then you can get a bit stuck with things as to how you relate to yourself, how you relate to others, and how you relate to God. Um, it's really important. And always inviting, where is God with you right now? And so many different questions you can ask in that mm. space. But, yeah, I guess those are the kind of wider areas which I would categorise under care. Yeah. I... I love how you guys mentioned that, you know, essentially it's not about us providing the answers. And I'm personally really reluctant to even give my opinions on people's stuff they bring me. And I will if they specifically ask, but I'm really reluctant to do it because I know for, for me, I don't think our role is to give any sort of advice or answers as such. Um, I see our role, my role, and maybe a micro level is to is to direct people to God and, and, and to to ask them like what is God doing in and around your life as, as opposed to being like here's what you should do to solve this problem. Um, I think we're we're experts at putting ourselves in the center of the story, but in reality we're in the center of God's story. Like sorry, it's God's story. God's the main character, and we're we've got a part to play in that. Um, so I think I think perspective is a real, real big thing. So when people come to me, uh, maybe for pastoral care, I, I try and maybe uh, lift, lift, that, lift their eyes off themselves and, and on to God. Like, let's pull yourself out of your own story. We need to, we need to acknowledge it. But, but more importantly, where's God in this, you know? I think something that's important to add off the back of that is um, one of our little mottos in the office that we're always throwing around as a, as um, the six of us, you know, without Vivek tonight, but, um, you know, the six of us are often talking about how we don't want to coerce and control people. We want to imitate Christ and then have, have them imitate what we're living in Christ. And we want to invite people to that imitation. So, you know, as pastors, we're not, we're not, um, the centers of the story. We're, we're like you've said, Rob, like we're, we are trying to, to live this Christ-centered life ourselves, <laughs> and we are living it for real. <laughs> we're not we're not um, doing this kind of like the professionals. We're just doing it for real, and we're wanting to invite people into the same patterns that we're living, the same truths that we're seeing, the same liberations that Jesus is doing for us, mm-hmm. the same things we see in the scriptures, the same wisdom. Like we're seeing that, and we're just hoping that as we invite other people into that space, they'll see it too. Right. So that. That whole thing of we don't want to control and coerce is probably really important for us to say in this conversation. Like as as the pastors of this church, that's kind of how we keep cheering each other on is hey, don't fall into the trap of coercing, don't fall into the trap of controlling. We're not, we're not those people, we're not those leaders, we're not going to do it that way. We want to imitate Christ and we want to then hope that people are going to imitate like we're imitating. So pastoral care kind of for me falls into this thing of helping people to um, to see that reality and I'll do anything I can to help people see that reality. So let's talk about the Bible. 
let's let's sing worship songs let's come to the communion table let's let's have a coffee like it's all part of that goal mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense but um yeah it's it's like a life lived and hoping people will imitate it rather than hey do this don't do that you know all those kinds of coercive things that are not they're not actually going to be helpful in the long run yeah. mm-hmm. so what i'm hearing you say is that it's almost like our job is to embody the gospel and to help others embody it as well. I, I think that phrase that we've been reflecting on from um, Scott McKnight is a really important one where he says um, the pastor is to, how does, oh, guys help me out, but is it to build a culture that nurtures Christiformity? Mm. That's today. Yeah. yeah. A pastor is to build a culture that nurtures Christiformity. So, we're, we're trying to build an environment mm. that means that people can experience this thing of I'm, I'm, I'm laying my life down to Christ and I'm coming alive in Christ and my life is becoming a good life, <laughs> the life that Christ has for me. And like our job is to kind of pack anything in <laughs> that will do that. Mm. Um, that's how I feel. <laughs> like uh, if that's going to be helpful, do it. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 And that imitation as well as to – to express that we aren't perfect as leaders as well, right, mm. is really important and that we also got a limp. We're also wounded. Not me. But that's that community living as well, that we are in this together, that like what you guys mentioned about hospitality, that we are sitting at the table together doing this. And if one person's a step in front of the other person, then they can help guide them, encourage them on as well. Mm. So what would you say to someone at Central Vineyard who is hesitant to come to us as pastors? Can you can you tell us what it looks like, maybe what it tends to involve? Um, I would say it would simply be a conversation. It's, there's nothing more complex about it than that. It's, it's a chance for you to be listened to by somebody. And um, and and maybe that's it. You know, maybe you just need to be listened to, and um, and we would honour you with that, and not not push it any further. So it could be as simple as you just having a, a safe place to be able to share what is on your heart or what you're experiencing, and um, and if you invite us into it, then it, yeah, it could be a conversation along the same lines that we've just been talking about. One that is invitational and um, is about imitation and nothing to control you towards a certain solution or or particular suggestion. So, yeah, in my experience, it's just a, a natural conversation. Um, there's no formula to it. But... You guys, what do, what do the rest of you think? Because you've been doing it a wee bit longer. I think there's an element of actually at the heart of every pastor is we want to treat everyone with dignity. Mm. And so if someone was worried about coming to talk to us about anything, I would just want to say, oh, we just want to be able to, to treat you with dignity and we want to listen to you and love you and care for you. And, and I think like if you look at the life of Christ in the Gospels, Jesus just treated everyone around him with dignity, whether it was the woman at the well, whether it was Zacchaeus, like he's always in this interaction with people and he's treating them with dignity. And that would be 
probably the thing we find ourselves in the position of doing a lot of is, is just holding a lot of different scenarios, whether that's a grieving person because they've just lost someone, whether that's the celebration of someone who's just had uh, a new baby, whether that's um, the elation of someone who's just getting married. Like there's all these things, people who have got loss and grief right through to people who have got celebration and things that are, that are great. And I think also one of the things we have the pleasure of doing is just helping people get a bit unstuck and, and not necessarily getting them completely out of the mud and getting them, you know, completely out of that whole thing, but like just helping to try and get people unstuck. Like, Hey, here's how you could potentially lift that foot and, and get moving again. Uh, I know for us, for Gab and I, one of the most uh, important conversations we often have with people is even just like helping people to discover themselves with their pathway with God. Like that's been a big thing for you, eh, Gab, is this thing of like just sacred path, helping people understand that and, and what yeah. that is. Yeah. And I think sometimes people get stuck or hesitant um, or feel like they're struggling maybe when they don't feel like they fit a certain mould or um, sort of like a cookie cutter way to be able to connect with God or respond to God or hear from God. Um, so I think for us, we've found it really helpful to just have really good tools to be able to help people when they do feel like they are in those spaces, just really sort of practical, but also um, really grounded tools that help people mm. to look at other ways that they can connect with God if that is something that they are struggling with or feel like they are stuck in. So Dan mentioned like sacred pathways is a really good example. So we all connect with God in different ways and the sacred pathways looks at um, different ways that we we uh, we all connect on some level, but there are certain ways that each of us will connect more with God than with others. And for people to be able to understand that we are all individual, we're all different, and that it's not all one way to be able to connect with God, or um, or that we all have different struggles, and um, you know we are we are all different people, right? So it's been able to find different ways for us to be able to work through some of those things, and it will look different mm. for everyone. Um, but there's also, I think we've seen real joy in people being able to discover some of those things about themselves, um, to be able to discover and realize that they are different. And um, that's a good thing. We are all different. We all have different strengths. We all connect with God in different ways. Yeah, I think for, for the sacred pathways, for example, people being able to learn that being out, being out in nature is just as a valid place to be able to connect with God as it is to be um, in church on a Sunday. Um, God has made us to be able to connect with him in all different spaces. And that for someone like me, I love being in old churches. So I love the tradition of the church. Um, but someone else might totally struggle with that. And that's fine. Yeah, so I think for us, it's just been being able to help people and guide people through some of those stages where they do find that they may be struggling with something or they're stuck or um, being able to give people new perspective on things that that maybe they haven't seen before. Uh, yeah, I like all that. And like what Alice said about the conversation, I think it, wherever pastoral care goes, it, it, it starts with this conversation, right? So for anyone who is hesitant to come see any one of us for whatever reason, whether it's fear of um, sharing something or wondering if the information is safe or um, safe with us or, or whatever. First of all, it is always safe. Anyone that comes speak to us, it's all confidential. 
um, we don't even talk to each other about stuff unless we've got your permission to. Uh, but also, it all starts with a conversation. So if you're going to come to us and first thing I ask is, hey, what do, what do you want to chat about? Like, I'm all, I'm all ears. And I know for me personally, even just having someone where you can offload to um, can be can be so therapeutic just with, within that. And you, you may not get any answers um, and likelihood you won't, but there's something in sharing a, a, a problem, sharing a concern, sharing an issue where there's, it's, it's therapeutic in, in doing such things. So it, it starts off as at that. And the other thing I'd say is that it then touched on earlier, we're, we're very aware of our limits. And if we hear your story and, and we think, oh man, it sounds like you need to speak to a spiritual director or a counsellor, we're going to send you those, those ways. We're not going to try and, and take that, that position of something that we're not. All to say that it's simply just coming to see us to have a conversation with anything and then we, we see where it goes from there. Yeah. I think if someone's feeling hesitant about coming to us, my recommendation is just come, please come. Like, mm. what an honour to hear your story. What a privilege it is to open up and hear a little bit about your life. If it's solely just to hear a little bit about your story and what you're going through or questions, all of us just really do feel like it's an honour. So please come. And if, it's, if you don't feel comfortable or whatever, go see someone else. Go see your circle leader. See someone that you feel is, is someone that you feel is safe and, and that is true to you, that can maybe speak into your life. Like like they all said, it's relational. It's first relational. And we try to build up trust first before speaking in. We ask questions. Um, and it's guided by how how the person wants to go, where, where they want to go with that conversation, what their aims are is where we are led to. And no doubt if there's something that we feel that maybe needs to be talked about and if we feel that God's Spirit is asking us to talk about something, then that's something that we may be brought up, but always in the safety realms through love, always through trust mm. and always through relationship. So, yeah, it's, it's through a conversation and then sometimes it may be through strategies and agendas. So some, like you guys said, if it's, if you're feeling stuck or if you're feeling like you want to move through something, we can work through it like a coaching kind of thing where we can have spiritual disciplines we can we can encourage you in. Or it's just, like Alice said, it's being heard and there is so much healing through speaking it out and um, letting God come into that space. Um, so, yeah, please come. Yeah. And lastly, guys. What hope, what encouragement can you give us at this time? To those who may be struggling, to those who are languishing, or to those who are thriving, what is on your heart to tell us? I would say um, church is shut at the moment. And that's really sad. Like That's sad to us that church is shut. And we, we actually really grieve that. But that doesn't mean that the life of formation with Jesus doesn't have answers for this time. It totally does. And I don't think there's um, anything that is in the life of Jesus that can't help us in this moment. 
as we are navigating these ter- this territory of level three, level four, level two. Like, yes, that impacts our Sunday gathering of being the gathered church, but that does not, um, that's not where our faith stops. Like our, our, our faith is in this, this, this person of Jesus, the, the person that the gospels tell us about and the life that he, he offers us. And, and I'm just doubling down at the moment on that personally, like personally, like just cause I'm a Christian. <laughs> so I would say, um, you know, pastor talk at the moment, I, I would just say, I think this is a time where, yeah, church is shut and that's just the reality but we can double down on the things of the life of Jesus. We can double down on um, scriptures. We can double down on prayer. We can double down on times of personal worship, going for a walk with the right music in our earbuds. Like I know those things sound really basic, but they're actually the things of the church. And, and in the absence of being the gathered church, that's what we can do in our separation. We can still do those things. And so that's what I guess I would kind of offer and say is like, I think, you know, if, 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 if I'm finding life in this moment, it's in some of the basic things of things like, um, so I'm, I'm currently reading the whole new Testament in lockdown by reading each of the letters in one go each day. Um, so today I read Galatians, you know, like I just read Galatians cause I want to read the whole new Testament and I'm just doubling down on reading the scriptures. So that was, that's something I'd, I'd say is like, Hey, we've got time. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I think prayer is a really, really important one, just finding rhythms of prayer. So I think there's just opportunities to go, okay, I can't go to church. I'm not attending something, but that doesn't mean I can't still be a Christian and be discipled to Jesus and be pastored. And also maybe that's just worth saying is that we, we're we still really busy in this time together as pastors. We're still, we're still in and out of um, conversations with people and, and, and caring for people. Like there's still that job at hand as the church. So um yeah, I, I don't know if that quite answers the question correctly there, Leash, but I, I would say, I would just say that in this time, I still think that the life of Jesus has enough answers for us uh, to keep pursuing. That'll be my, my, my reflection. Great. I think mine kind of adds to that. And it's just a sense of like, please don't wait. <laughs> like if there's something that like the Holy Spirit is nudging you towards or there's something that you feel like is just is not sitting right with you and you're um, thinking, oh, I'm just going to wait until I can see people to address that or until we're yeah, back as the gathered church. I'll just say, oh, pl- yeah, please don't wait. Um, just like follow those nudgings um, because, yeah, as Dan said, we, we're still here. <laughs> we're still working. We'd love to talk with you, um, love to pray with you. and. Um, and yeah, the church community still exists. If it's not one of us six, then there's um, there's still a great bunch of people that would be willing to walk with you through whatever you're currently experiencing. So um, yeah, please don't wait until we're back together on Sundays, but just yeah, use the the tools that we do have to to reach out and um, and we'll take it from there. So that would be my encouragement. Um, yes, you guys both stole my thunder. And you said it far more eloquently than I will ever say it. So I'm going to say yes to all of the above. But I will add that God is still God regardless of our personal circumstance. So whether we're in lockdown, whether we're not, whether we're high, whether we're low, God is still God and he's still in the business of um, making all things new. 
And so he's going to do that with or without COVID. Um, so let's, like the other others have said, let's not miss miss what he's doing and miss our opportunity to be a part of that. The other thing I'd say is that, particularly if you're languishing or if you're really struggling at this time, is that I've never had a conversation with someone that said, uh, you know, I, I had a real good time of growth when life was going really well and I was comfortable and everything was going my way. I, I really grew. My character grew. I've never had that conversation with people. But in my own experience with people I speak to, it's through the hard times that you develop in your character, you, de- you develop in your relationship with God, and it, it is a real time of growth. And it's not nice. It's uncomfortable and it's messy but there is goodness on the other side of this. I was having a conversation with someone this week about the, the whole idea of having a hard conversation. And he was saying before he goes into a hard conversation, he sort of takes a deep breath and says, right, I'm, I'm going to do right by the people I'm speaking to. I'm going to do right by myself. Um, I'm going to embrace this because regardless of the outcome, I'm going to come out um, with some sort of growth from having this conversation with this person even if it doesn't go how I want it to go, the fact that we must have the courage to have this conversation, um, he's going to come out better off for it in the long run. Uh, so there really he spoke to me that this whole idea of keeping the long game and like we grow in times of, uh, in times of hardship and when things are uncomfortable. So hold on to that. And that's, that's so New Testament church as well, right, Rob? Like we're, we're, we see that over and over again in the persecuted church, the letters of Paul, like the scriptures are full of that picture of what you just said, you know, um, endurance creates patience, patience produces character. Like all of that is like the sort of circular movement of discipleship. Um, they, they move us towards the fruits of the spirit. Um, and you're dead right. Like that's, that's the, that's the environment for so much of the beautiful things that were formed in the early, the early church. Um, it wasn't the church of the majority. It was the church that was having to suffer. And maybe that's one of the things we should say in this conversation is like, we're okay with suffering. Mm. Like as, as a team of pastors, um, we have a theology for suffering. We have a um, robust ability to hold suffering with dignity. Um, We're not going to just kind of push it into a corner and pretend like it doesn't exist. Like it says to weep with those who are weeping and to, 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 to laugh with those who are laughing. Like we want to do both of those things with all people. So, so we have both of those worlds that we want to hold with people. Um, So in this moment, um, while this is going on, you know, that's, that's how we're holding this together as pastors is like, man, there's, there's something beautiful that God's doing in the midst of this while the rest of the world is groaning. Um, It's the both end. And we're going to always hold that both end together. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. It's so good. That's right. It's acknowledging how we are feeling. It's so important, yet not being enslaved by our emotions, right? Mm. Because oftentimes, every day in our lifetime, we are faced with heartache, we're faced with disappointment, and we're faced with trauma. Little t, big t trauma. And it's what we deal with it that's super important. And oftentimes we stay in that hard place and not actually be redeemed and restored from it. We try to skip over it. And um, whether we want to deny it or distract it or over-spiritualize it, we just want to get over that hill. Um, And it's actually getting in the trenches a little bit and acknowledging it and also the same tension of it, knowing that God's in it and that there's a bigger story and that we have Mm -hmm. hope. 
the, my recommendation is, especially to those who are struggling at the moment, to ask for help. Um, it's a spiritual practice to receive help. And so at this point, if you're actually finding it hard for whatever reason, can you please reach out to someone, practice this spiritual discipline, receiving help. We don't do it all that well as a, as a culture. Um, and we should, through our community, doing this together, through acknowledging that we are here to help and care and pray and yeah, ask God to be in the circumstances with us. Mm. I love what you said. It's, it's that whole idea of, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you got to walk through it. You, you do. You don't skip it. You don't go around it. you got to go through it. Yeah. And that's a process. Yeah, yeah it's so important. Mm. So important we do that well. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I was just going to say that um, I, I, I guess uh, at the moment I feel like we've maybe it's just to remind everyone that we're also going through this as well. So we're we're also all going through lockdown, and um, we've we've all been experiencing probably very similar emotions as everyone. And so um, you know, there are people that are struggling. Um, I guess maybe just an encouragement that there's probably nothing really that you've been experiencing that probably any of us have experienced either. Um, that we've all, it's all, we've all been through times in this lockdown where it's felt really hard. And I know I hit a wall about a week and a half ago. Um, <laughs> and so I guess just an encouragement that um, we, we, we are also experiencing this at the moment. And um uh, I think for me, I've found encouragement and it being a time of having some fresh eyes on some things, um, which um, has been helpful to me. So, um, and just for some fresh practices as well during the day that um, I felt like God's really nudged me and that I probably wouldn't have done if this was just a normal time. So um, I have a prayer time all to myself in the afternoon. And, uh, and when I'm in the shower, is that too much information? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally a time I can, like, lock the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good. Um, but if that was an all-working week, um, I would be picking up Jimmy from kindy or um, be at work or, do, you know, running around doing things or whatever. But because I'm at home um, and I'm forced to um, be here... <laughs> Sounds awful against my will. Um, that it, it it can actually forge new ways of doing things and new practices and gives you fresh eyes for things. And um, I've just felt like I think maybe it's also the season that we're going to into as well. We're going into spring, and spring is new life. And there's I felt like for me there's almost something prophetic in that at the moment. Like there is new life in some things happening as well. Um, and so even being outside at the moment and seeing like new growth on trees and um, plants budding up and all that kind of stuff, it's like there is new life as well and amongst things, even though it can seem really hard. And um, if we've been through a winter season, it can seem really hard, like there isn't anything happening. But actually um, God has a plan for us in all of this and actually he can bring new life into a time after it has been, it's felt like winter. And so I, I found that really encouraging for me as well. Um, just being out in my garden and literally seeing new life has been really encouraging for 
what a time that's actually felt quite hard and dark and it has actually been really wintry weather and all those kinds of things. It's like you get some sunshine and you see new things growing and it's like actually God is still, he's still working. He's still got new things happening for us. So it's just been been able to see what that is for us individually and I think also for us as a church, what does that look like when he brings new life for us in this season as we move into a new season ahead of us. And we don't know what that's going to look like at the moment, but we trust that he's got it and he is going to bring in new life into that space as well. So that's just what I've been sitting with anyway for mm. last, after I hit my wall, then I yeah. <laughs> got better. It's <laughs> beautiful. Yes, it's beautiful. You can sometimes try to search for meaning and meaning sometimes can come through like routine. But like when we slow down, meaning can come through things that we never expect to find and God's mm-hmm. beauty and restoration and, yeah, his creation, like you say, and slowing down in silence. Like these are new things that we can actually pick up mm-hmm. and get re-energised with through God's presence. It's beautiful. You said it, you said it beautifully, Gabs. I think that was the great end to it. So thanks so much, guys. Lovely to hear your voices and see your faces. Congratulations. Thank you for having us on this. It's a good conversation that we're having. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Ash.